A lot of times, you know, we're thinking of frontline workers as, you know, the people in the healthcare system, the cops, the firefighters, you know, people at your grocery stores. But let's not forget the health and safety that um, is, uh, you know, is surrounding the Canadian flight crews who are, in fact, worried about their safety while they are tasked with repatriating uh, Canadians during this global pandemic. The union representing the country's largest airline is saying that the crew needs better protective gear. Just to get an idea of uh, what flight crews are dealing with right now, our guest is Teresa Mitchell. She's VP of the Air Canada component of QB. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Kelly. Thanks for being here. Um, So how many flight attendants have fallen ill with COVID-19? I think we should start there. Uh, We don't have the numbers, but we can tell you that uh, our members have been affected, as have members of their close family. And uh, it's a great concern for us. We've been advocating for personal protective equipment since the very beginning. And if you look at the Government of Canada's website, they're now listing all the flights that have had confirmed COVID-19 cases, and the list is staggering. So we know the risk to our members uh, is high, and we are sincerely asking for proper protective equipment, and it has yet to be provided. So give us an idea of what Canadian frontline flight crews are wearing right now when it comes to protective gear and how it compares to attendance from other airlines globally. We we have finally uh, been provided with N95 respirator masks and gloves, but oftentimes the gloves don't fit properly. The masks, you need to understand how how to wear them and you need to be given proper instruction on how to wear them. Uh, And then other than that, we have hand sanitizers and things like that. But what we're really advocating for are are long sleeve gowns to protect our uniforms and also face shields, because we spend hours at a time on these flights with the passengers. And our, our members understand that Canadians want to come home. We understand why. They're so proud to help. And they're being really courageous. But if they're going to make these sacrifices, we're only asking for us and for them to have the proper protective equipment. When you talk about gear improperly fitting, you brought up gloves. I mean, how so? Can you get like a little bit more specific on what's going Um, on with the gloves? Yeah. So, for example, obviously, uh, when it comes to proper fitting gloves, surgical gloves, one size doesn't fit all. So oftentimes you can have uh, crew members with smaller hands, larger hands. And again, they have to fit properly. They have to be snug so to protect you. Um, And again, I would say there has been some movement on that front, but overall it's it's just really not sufficient. Uh, What are you hearing from airline companies about your concerns right now? We have been speaking with the government. We have been speaking with Air Canada. And we will continue to speak to them and continue to lobby for this. Another thing for us is social distancing on board aircraft. How do you practice that? We're we're asking that they implement some measures to do it to the greatest degree possible. Uh, And also, everyone's saying that our members are essential and therefore are uh, not required to be under quarantine when they return from overseas. And we think that from a public health perspective, that that is, has no, makes no logical sense. And in some cases, our members weren't even aware that there was a passenger that was sick on their flight because you can be asymptomatic sure. and they go home to their families. Some take care of their parents. 
have young children. Like these are things that are seriously concerning us. And again, our members are proud to bring Canadians home, but, but they, but they need protection. I want to just go back if we could to that, you know, standard two meter distance that health officials recommend the general public keep and that mm-hmm. it's impossible. And, you know, when you look at you, you, you think of the space in an aircraft and the limited space that you have to move around as a flight crew. How are you guys dealing with that? Have you stopped the farewell ritual? Because that was that's that would be the first thing to go in my point of view. I would just be like, I'm opening the doors now. Everybody stay seated. I'm going to get a far distance away. Like maybe I'm going to the cockpit and then very carefully everyone start to distance themselves what's going on there yeah exactly well we were we're advocating that there be the least amount of physical contact possible with everyone with passengers coming and going and even during the flight so any kind of service we want it to be stripped down we understand on especially a long flight there's certain things that people need but we prefer that they either get it to pick it up and uh, take it with them when they leave, because again, the least amount of physical contact, the better. Um, okay, so so how have you then adapted? Can you give us some specifics? Uh, well, again, just limiting contact, right? I think, and not only that, I've heard anecdotal evidence that that passengers are also aware. Let's oh, face for it, sure. Everyone that's boarding those flights knows, right? Everyone is trying to protect themselves and to distance as much as possible, but. Uh, when there's a line to go to the washroom, obviously you want people to be distanced that way. Um, any kind of measure that can be put into place that can, again, reduce the amount of contact is, is what we're, we're striving for, but not always possible. And then sometimes we do have a passenger who's sick. So, you know, we do have some protections, but um, not enough. You're, you're on a, in a metal tube at 39, 41,000 feet. A lot of other and in people some have cases, the to leave, and uh, we don't have that luxury. Sure. What would it take for flight crews to deny uh, service and walk out? Well, in under the Canada Labor Code, we have a right to refuse unsafe work. And mm-hmm. therefore, we have been educating our members about that right. And many of them have exercised it. But again, once that aircraft leaves the ground, we have to do everything in our power to try to make sure that everyone is safe. So we, you know, we take it seriously that we want to get everyone safely from point A to point B. And um, it's something that that our members are doing sincerely, uh, but they're they're making sacrifices to do that. I imagine there's a big moral um, conversation they're having with themselves as well uh, when it comes to you know, uh, my safety versus getting people home. There's a lot of, you know, for Peru, for instance, you know, they closed their borders. And so a lot of the uh, flight uh, crews flying are going into areas where you have limited time to get those Canadians out of those countries Mm -hmm. and back to Canadian soil. So, I mean, the the idea of worrying about your safety first, um, it's sort of like our medical staff. Uh, You kind of put that by the wayside and look at the... uh, the health of, you know, the greater public, but um, you do definitely need those proper uh, safety protocols put into place. You're asking for the federal government to step in. What would they do? Well, we're just, uh, again, when it say Transport Canada will give uh, uh, guidance to employers and we're asking them to tell them this is what we must have to mandate it. But oftentimes it's a guideline. And guidelines right. are not going to help our members. We need them to be given 
everything that they need to do. They are willing to do the job. They are willing to help. But we're only asking for them to meet us at least halfway. Because, again, another issue is, is screening. So it, we all know now we are all well-educated about this illness. You can be asymptomatic. You can have zero symptoms. Or you can just say in your own mind, I really want to get home. I know I'm not feeling well. And I'm only, you know, you have to answer three questions. So if you're someone overseas and you want to get home, perhaps you're not going to tell the truth. And so, Well, we've heard again, of stories of people hiding the fact that they're ill. Exactly. So this is what we're being exposed to. And I've seen, um, we have like a social media uh, group online and I've seen uh, anecdotal evidence again from our, our members about these repatriation flights. And it can be really emotional sometimes, right? They're really proud to do that. And, um, and the passengers are also really grateful. And, and we understand why. But uh, again, it's just we will continue to push to ensure that they have everything they need. Um, it's just very discouraging when we're not being supported by the government and and by the employer to make sure that that i mean err on the side of caution that's mm -hmm. all we're asking well i hope the government responds to you and mandates this and your safety is paramount especially because you're doing such incredible work getting canadians back uh, to canada thank you so much for joining us Teresa. and thank you kelly i appreciate your time i appreciate yours